Hey friend, and welcome to the Hair Goals Podcast. The Hair Goals Podcast is brought to you by Salt Society, a hair and business community serving the beauty industry with salon business coaching, hair education, and personal development mentoring. The Hair Goals Podcast is your weekly dose of powerful education from coaches on our team, industry leaders, and stylists just like you. So let's reach those goals together because your success is ours. Thank you so much for joining today. My name is Christine, and some of you may know me as Paint That Mane. I am one of the color theory educators here at Salt Society, and I also coach and mentor stylists all over. Um, And today I am talking about one of my favorite topics, which is formulation and everything that goes into it. You know, we are often faced with a lot of different scenarios in the salon, and it can get very hectic. And I like to talk about formulation in a way that's not just, you know, what is the color wheel or, you know, what does something look like on a swatch, but include all the steps that go into actually formulating properly. Because when we break it down, it's a lot more than understanding what our primary colors are and secondary tones and tertiary tones. And I think where people get a little lost is how to connect all those dots together. You know, I can remember being a stylist um, early on in my career and sort of kind of depending on swatches of a book. And I'd say, okay, well, this is what this looks like. And maybe she has some underlying pigment. And um, so I'm going to use this, this and put it on. And then you rinse and the results were not exactly what I wanted them to be. And I kept thinking, you know, what is, what am I missing with all of this? And when we look at formulation in general, um, there's so many different steps. There's analyzing um, the porosity of the hair. What are the underlying pigments? What are we actually formulating to combat? Um, And also, what is the tone we're actually going for? Because it's very easy. I don't want to say very easy, but it's a lot easier to say this person has a lot of gold in their underlying pigment or raw lift. So I'm going to mix a cooler gloss to put on top of that. We're going to mute it a little bit and she'll be happy or, you know, whatever. The problem is that we're not actually formulating for the tone that we want on that person. So when they brought the picture in initially and we looked at it and said, okay, so you want a cooler type of blonde or you want a um, bronze tone or you want a mushroom tone or whatever it may be, it's a lot harder to formulate for someone taking into consideration everything that's already on their hair. And I think what I want to, you know, really emphasize about this process is it takes a lot of years to get to know how something works within a color line and to get used to it. Um, There's not a lot of times that someone's just going to randomly pick up any color line and be able to formulate properly right off the bat. You really have to know, first of all, what the base is in the color and how much um, the percentages of the tones in the color and how that color actually lifts or deposits and the just the true functionality of that color itself. So 
it's easy to kind of say, I'm going to warm this up or cool this down, but what are we doing to give someone the result that they're looking for? And I know there are so many stylists who feel this way now, especially because social media has become really a great tool, but it's also made our job so much harder in that people have a lot more access to information. Um, they are able to understand terms that before they never even knew what we were talking about. Um, they're able to understand what balayage is and TZ lights and um, regular foiling and smudging and melting. And your clients are coming in using these terms, but they don't always know how to get you know, to the result that they're looking for. So it's really our job to sit down with them and explain the process. Like, I know this is what you want and I know this is what we're going for, but the terms you're using and, and the techniques you're describing are not going to get you to that point. And I really want to be the person to get you your dream hair, but I can't do that using balayage or I can't do that with TZ lights or that's not the best process for your hair right now um, in this condition. I mean, there's simple reasons sometimes why we can't put lightener on someone's hair. And, um, there's other reasons why, you know, a level four that's been colored over and over again is not going to have a cooler result. They just never will. And so it's our job to sort of explain all of this. Well, now an appointment is not just walking in and getting a foil and leaving anymore. It is so much more than that. And now hair appointments, you know, that used to take us an hour and 45 minutes for maybe a full foil on someone. There was no gloss, no smudge, no melting involved. There was no, um, you know, personalizing to that person's skin tone or the, the actual tone that would look best on them because of their eye color and so on and so forth. And so we're finding ourselves in these three and four hours appointments that, first of all, you may not be getting compensated for properly. And second of all, it's just a lot more time to spend with someone. So you have someone who maybe sucks your energy dry or whatever, and it's just a lot harder. And so I think the bar for hairstylists in general has gone up tremendously, which to be honest, in some ways, that's really a great thing because 20 years ago when I started, it was not an industry that was looked at as um, a specialty. It was not something that was looked up to. It was not something that was accepted. It was sort of like, okay, you did this because you didn't want to go to college, which for me personally wasn't even the case. I um, went to high school as well as hairdressing school. I homeschooled actually the rest of high school. And then in hairdressing school, um, I did that the same time as I did high school. So when I graduated both at the same time, it was kind of like, then I actually did go to college for a semester or two. And it was kind of like, no, this isn't the path I want to do. I, I, I really do want to try to do hair, but entering that industry at that time, it was, um, it was a lot more basic. And I don't say that as you didn't need as much skill. I just feel that now our skills tech in techniques and knowledge of formulation and all this stuff have to be like elevated times 100. Um, simply because the standards have gone up so drastically. So I really want to encourage you, you know, no matter where you are in your career, 
just really stay involved with education and everything that's helping in those areas. Um, because I think it's only going to get more intense. Uh, we are about <laughs> as stressed out as we can be right now. And I do genuinely think that this could even get worse. And so, um, and like I said, I don't want to say worse, like it's such a negative thing, but I just believe um, that we are being looked at differently now. And so when you're able to present yourself in a way on social media or whatever that says, I know what I'm talking about, people start to respect you a little bit more and that trust grows and your clients start seeing that people do trust you and want to learn from you. And so it's a really it's really how you use everything. You know, social media can be used as a tool to uh, really help your career or it can be used as something to make you feel less than. So put your energy into it as if, you know, I'm going to use this so that my clients see what I'm doing. They see my beautiful work. um, They have faith in me, trust in me. So when they sit in my chair, I don't have to do so much trust building. And that's really important for every appointment. But the more people trust you, the more they're going to sit in the chair and say, I trust you. You know, tell me what you think will look best on me today. So it starts taking the pressure off of you. But, you know, formulating for these types of situations can be stressful. And what I'm going to tell you is the best thing to do is to know your color line. Really, truly understand the color wheel and how it works. So your primary tones, your secondary tones, your tertiary tones... Break them down and know exactly what they do, how they complement each other, how they fight each other, um, and the best ways to really use the color wheel in your formulation. And then what we do is we go into the breakdown of how to properly execute your appointment. And the things that come into play for this sometimes are literally... As simple as looking at their hair and realizing what the ratio of protein to moisture is. You know, do they need more protein in their hair or do they need more um, moisture? So a great test for this when people are, um, when you've shampooed them or you can even do this just spraying the hair, but it does need to be sort of saturated. Um, When you go to stretch it, Uh, When the hair is damp, you take one piece of hair and you stretch that hair. And when it just keeps stretching and stretching and stretching and it's not going back, you need more protein in the hair. When it's snapping easily, you need more moisture. And what I want to say about this is that be careful of the products you're recommending to people. So a lot of the proteins in products are synthetic and that is not what you want to be putting on people's hair. So look at the back of whatever product you love and make sure there's something in there within the first probably three ingredients that actually supports protein. So when we're looking at proteins that are great for the hair, um, hydrolyzed collagen, wheat, quinoa, and soy, definitely want to be careful of wheat because there's a lot of allergies with wheat, um, silk, Chamomile protein is a great one because it's super shiny. Um, So any products that have that in there, that's a great thing to recommend. Keratin, oat flour, amino acids, rice protein. Those are all natural states of protein that are great for the hair. And then we look at 
uh, moisture. And what we want to be sure when we are giving someone something with moisture in it, that it's not a synthetic oil. So again, within the first few ingredients, you want to look for natural oils like cottonseed oil, avocado, nut oils, seed butters. Um, those types of things are going to give proper moisture to the hair. What we see a lot of in these products is a lot of those synthetic oils that actually end up building on the hair shaft and they sit on there and actually dry the hair out. So sometimes when we're looking at someone's hair and we say, you know, you need you need some more moisture in your hair, like your hair's just basically snapping, um, it's because they have a buildup of bad product. Now, in order to lighten through that, it's going to take a lot, right? So we have to do methods to remove that and you know we're trying to educate our client but it goes back to unless they trust you they're not going to believe you so if you've recommended a product for them before that doesn't work and they hated it um, because maybe you were trying to sell something or whatever make a little extra money that week and you were like I got to get rid of these products they're not going to trust you to buy another product so I always say yes it's important to talk about products but make sure you're selling them proper products for their hair. Um, it's never a good thing to give someone a product that is not going to be good for them just because, again, it's going to start breaking trust with you. So, I mean, there are situations where people just don't like it for some type of reason, but that's not what I'm talking about. Um, but make sure you're giving them the proper thing to support their hair and get them to their actual goal. And once we prepare them for this, we know that their hair will be properly supported. Um, and sometimes, obviously, this takes three to four appointments to get their hair in a state where we can now work aggressively on it. So, you know, going in with the promise of I'm going to get you to your goal hair, but it may take me multiple appointments is the best way to do things. And if someone, if someone is asking you for something that will always be unreachable, just be very honest with them because the last thing you want is to promise someone something and they're just always frustrated because they're not getting it. Um, but once we come up with the technique we're going to do and we're, you know, positive that our consultation went well, um, it start, it's time to choose which technique you're going to do. Now, balayage in general is going to leave you warmer. It just always will. Um, it's a great buildable service. So it was invented because someone, I believe it was in the 40s maybe, that um, someone wanted to, it was a French woman, and she wanted to kind of mimic what a child looked like running on the beach all summer and at the end of the summer. So when you're balayaging, you're focusing on everything that's natural about where the, the sun would hit the hair. So there is a lot of depth to leave with balayage and you never want someone, you never want to overpaint someone to the point where they look more of like an ombre type thing. Um, so it's going to give you probably no more than... At most, I'm going to say three levels of lift, sometimes four if you're lucky and you mix properly um, and your saturation's really good and they just have great hair to work on. I do think it can lift that high. But again, that goes back to just knowing your consistency of lightener and everything that goes into it. Um, and then we have all the foiling techniques. So in general, foiling is going to get you the lightest. Um, 
the thing I like about balayage is I feel it's a little more surface coverage and foiling. You have to do a lot more of it to get that amount of surface coverage. However, with foiling, you can be uh, more specific to the area you're working on. So I do think that foiling in general for people who have a lot of damage um, is a little safer because you have more control over where you're putting your product and what the lift is going to be. So you know you can put a foil in, start at the root, and end right where they may have damage. Where balayage, you have to kind of feather it down a lot more. So I don't like to say foiling is the more damaging technique. It's not. It's just it's just what do you need it for. Um, and just choosing the best thing is going to help you properly formulate in the end. Um, and then once we work on our guest and we have that lift in the sink, I always like to tell people, pretend that that raw lift is 50% in your bottle. The tone of that is 50% already in your bottle. So let's say someone lifts to like an eight gold. Well, we're taking that gold and we're placing it in our bottle and we're saying, do I want to enhance this or do I want to calm it down? And every time um, I do this, it makes sense in my head because I'm saying, okay, this is what their tone already is. What do I need to do to calm this tone down? So I pick and depending how much of that tone you want to calm down and how much you want to enhance is going to depend on how much of that gloss you put in there. So generally when I'm calming something down, it'll be like a quarter ounce to half ounce. Um, I'm sorry, a quarter to a half of my final uh, glossing formula. And when I want to enhance something, it's also about the same, but it depends how much of that tone I actually want to keep. So if someone has a lot of gold in their lift and they want to not see any of that, you know that your formula is going to be about half canceling that out. And then we're going to pick what our tone actually, we actually want it to be. So we're going to go back to that gold picture and say, okay, they wanted this um, sandy colored blonde. So half my formula is probably canceling out some of that gold. And then half of it, um, is going to be the actual formula I want. Now you have to be careful when you're doing this because mixing certain tones like blues and yellows is going to give you a green. So you want to make sure that you're picking, um, glosses that complement each other and you're using the right warmth. I just had a situation last week that I used um, a 9VRO, which is a violet rose for people who don't work with shades. And, you know, on the swatch, it looks fairly warm. It looks like there's a lot of pink in it. You can see a lot of violet, but it, the rose comes from the pink tone in it. And when I broke this gloss down, I thought this is going to be really warm, but I ended up mixing it with a P, which is pearl, and that's very that has a lot of more blue in it. So my result was actually very cool on a brunette. I used it on a mannequin, actually. And when I realized what happened was, so anything that you mix with a warmer gloss will essentially either um, cool it down or enhance the warmer parts. So I did 9VRO with a 9P, and that P enhanced the cool parts of the VRO, and so I got a very uh, cool finish, which I was not expecting, and this is what I mean by you're always learning, always constantly learning. 
because I've been doing this for 20 years and I still, when I, when a new formula comes out or a new tone, I have to play with it to see how it works. So when people ask me, you know, how do you know how this stuff works? Well, quite, quite honestly, the answer is you got to try it out and you got to break things down properly. So after I did this gloss, I broke it all down and I figured out that, um, you know, there was a lot more blue in the formula than I really thought about. And so that's why it ended up being so cool. It was turned out beautiful. It just was a little bit like, huh, I wonder why that happened. Um, so that's what I mean by try things out and, and just be be creative on a mannequin. I mean, they don't say much, so <laughs> you can kind of do whatever you want. But breaking down the formula sort of goes like this. So I'm going to take just an NB uh, from Shades EQ and the base is brown to tan. It also has red and violet in it. So when you're looking at that, the brown is yellow, red, and blue. And then there's red in it, so you add another red. And the violet is red plus blue. Now, when we break that down further, it's four warms to two cools. So we know that this formula is on the warmer side. And the warms in there are a lot of red and there's one yellow. So you're, you're working with a pretty warm formula. So you know that you can safely add cooler tones to this and it's not going to um, you know, totally ash out a formula. You're gonna have enough warmth there to support cooler tones. And what I wanna say about that is warm acts as a, a sponge for ash to stick to. So when you have someone who has super porous hair or um, you've lifted really high you want to make sure that you really are formulating in a way where their gloss is going to last. Because if you just put ash on someone or cooler tones, um, their, their gloss is going to fall out pretty quickly and they'll be left with more of a raw lift. And if you had included a little warmth in there, and I'm talking about even a quarter of your formula, that will absolutely help you to keep that gloss looking brighter, more reflective. Warmth is always our reflection. So anytime you want to mute something, you add cool. Anytime you want to enhance it, you add warmth. So when we're looking at that 50% in that sink of that raw lift, do you want to enhance it or do you want to cool it down? And that is the magical question of the day. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in today, taking the time to invest in your education. Um, this went a little longer than I thought, so thanks for hanging in there till the end. And we have a lot more education available, as you guys know, on our website. Um, you can also go to my page. It's Paint That Main with one T. And I always put my new education linked in my bio, so it's all available there. Um, so more formulation, tutorials. There's so much exciting stuff happening, so stay connected and looking forward to um, connect with you guys further, okay? Have an awesome day.